We want to show the real side of small business, the true small business life. There are a lot of misconceptions about small business and we want to give you a glimpse into the real life of a small business owner. The highs, the lows, the failures, the successes, the full small business life story so that you too can know that you are not alone on your small business journey and so that you can see the journey that many other small business owners have taken themselves. Remember to like, share, and comment so that many others can share in the small business life story. Hello, Gerald. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me, man. I've been uh, watching a lot of your 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 uh, podcast and and videos, and and I'm glad you I'm glad to join you. Thanks for carving out time. I know things have been a little crazy coming off 2020, especially. Speaking of, how has 2021 treated you as things kind of open back up? It, it's good. You know, being in Texas, it is a state unlike a lot of the other ones out there. So, I mean, I mean, we, we're, we're going full steam ahead. Um, everything's open back up. Um, I mean, just last night, we the local chamber here, Rockwell Chamber of Commerce, did um, our annual meeting. Um, and, and I mean, there wasn't as many people as there was in the previous year, um, but it was a heck of a turnout. And so it's, I think people are just so excited and optimistic about the future. So um, now that we kind of have that behind us now. <laughs> Agreed. And I think part of the, you know, getting people back is kind of recreating the habit of it, so to speak. We had a year where you basically weren't going out for a lot of places. I mean, in some places like California, parts of Illinois, parts of New York, I mean, it's still pretty much like hugely restricted. Yeah, thankfully here in Texas it's better, but yeah, getting people back out to you know the normal level, so to speak, it's going to take some time. But it's just building the habit back up. Yeah, it is, and it's you know everyone has their opinion about the mask and COVID and, and this and that, but um, you know I, I'm just putting my head down <laughs> and and trying to pick up momentum with the business, and and it's it's so. To answer your question, 2021 has been great so far. Um, nowhere close to where I want to be um, professionally um, or, or with the, the the business, but it's no complaints here. And I think that's one of the things, too. Every entrepreneur always wants it done yesterday, and that's a good thing. But, it, <laughs> but that is also a good transition. Please, you and I have known each other for several years. For yeah. those listening who don't know you, who is Gerald? Yes, uh, a great question. So, so my name is Gerald Hendrick. Um, I'm born and raised here in Texas. I'm actually from Mesquite, Texas. Um, and then, uh, you know, went to, to UNT to study for school. Um, had a blast there. It's a, a, a great university um, up in Denton. And then after that, um, lived in Grapevine and Flower Mound for a while and met my, my now wife, Melanie. And who is the love of my life and, you know, kind of went that traditional family route of we had a little girl, Mackenzie, um, who's four now. And um, she's she is uh, a handful. She is sassy and she, she's she's my best friend. Um, and then we two years later, we had a, we call them the Bash Bros. <laughs> we, we are going for one more. Uh, and we're like, you know, we'll see what God has in store for us after the second one, you know, if we're lucky enough to have a second child. 
see what the third, you know, see if we want a third. And and God said, it's it's not your plan. This is my plan. And we so that's where Witten and Sawyer, uh, we we have twin boys that are now two, oh, wow. um, and they are a blast. Like I said, we we nickname them the Bash Bros for for fun, and it's just kind of stuck, and, and we're running with it because it's very fitting. <laughs> that is awesome. That is uh, real quick too. I want to jump back to the school comment. We might have to connect later this year because Liberty plays UNT, so that might be a fun oh, yeah. one. <laughs> but we yeah, go get together and watch that. I know. Yeah, sure. that'll be that'll be an intense one. But we'll be good. We'll be good. So, so start a family, built it up. Um, talk uh, professionally. Uh, simultaneously, you're building your career yeah. up. Obviously, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it, to, to a long story short. Um, after uh, college, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, and was in sales. So I was in a commission-paying job. And traditionally, someone out of college, what they're doing, you know, making a, I think base was like thirty-five thousand. Uh, 10 years, you know, I guess 12 years ago. And then you you got a commission every time you, you sold something. So I was in online sales um, uh, doing advertising. And, and I really did enjoy it. It was a great atmosphere. It was multi-view as the company. Um, and, and they're based out of Las Colinas. Incredible atmosphere. But it, it was a grind. Um, and <clears throat> I had a friend. Uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Josh Pagan. He... Um, was like, yeah, I just got my bonus check. And I was like, you know, tell me more about what you do because that bonus check is bigger than my bonus check. Um, and and he worked at, at TD Ameritrade and great company, um, great reputation. And, and he's like, you know what? You'd be great at this. Um, and, I, and I was like, well, I don't know. I, I know you have to pass some tests and um, Series 7, Series 66, Series 63. Um, and, and so on, depending on what you want to do. And I was like, you know what? I'd have to quit my job and in and, and good faith that I would pass this test. And then I could, you know, after that period, I would then get to be a financial consultant. Um, and so I ended up taking the, the leap of faith and ended up studying for my Series 7, which was a pain in the you-know-what. Um, right after that, <clears throat> which was nice. They did pay us to study. Um, so that was, that was nice. But if you failed twice, um, then they, they kind of said, thanks. And, you know, see you later. Part ways. Yeah. So I remember um, I barely passed the series seven. Um, it was, it was tough. And then immediately after you have to start studying for, I think it was the 63, or the 66. I can't remember which one came right after that. And, and from there, it was no looking back. So that was 2011. So it's, it's been about a decade now that I've been a financial advisor. Um, and I, after TD Ameritrade and Scott Trade, they, they merged. Um, I jumped over to Personal Capital, um, which is another fintech startup company. And again, incredible learning experience there. Um, great team, great people, um, but jumped to a smaller a registered investment advisor in North Dallas. And again, I mean, I, I tried to just see the positive in all these things. Great company, um, a lot smaller in size compared to TD Ameritrade and uh, right. personal capital. But um, the things you learn at a smaller company or you can't put a price on that because you wear a lot more hats. Uh, you know, you just have a lot more responsibility, which was fantastic. And, and Ralph and Mary Jane there, they were incredible. Um, but 
you know, I just decided now that Melanie was no longer having to stay at home with the kids and on maternity leave, she, she does uh, hair extensions and, and hair uh, coloring for, for women out here in Rockwell. And she started doing pretty well. I was like, you know what, if, if there's ever going to be a good time, it's, it's now um, to start my own company and kind of just build it from the ground up the way I want. So I've been with the big broker dealer at TD Ameritrade, um, the fintech company um, in personal capital, the, smart, the smaller registered investment advisor. So I kind of seen great things from all these companies. And I was like, let's build something from the ground up that's, that's mine, where I can control my destiny, really determine uh, you know, it, this job has a lot of flexibility, um, which is great. Um, so you have a lot of, we'll just say time to um, go hang out with the kids, go to the park, um, go to the ball games, if you will. So it was kind of a no brainer once I had, um, we had done a good job saving up. So I was like, you know what, we have a good cushion. Let's do this jump. And, and so I started Rockwall Wealth Advisors. Um, you know, right towards the end of, of 2020, people will call me crazy, but I was like, you know what, you know, there's no better time than now. <laughs> and, and I think that's the big million dollar question for a lot of people. When is the time? And it's, if you've yes. done your research, and I think you touched on one that I could talk about all day long. You took a good hard look at what you had and you're like, okay, is this sufficient to get me where I need to go? I mean, because you know the statistics. That's the number one reason why small businesses go under. They right. underestimate their capital needs and then they dry it, dry up their cash reserves. And they're like, great, now what? And they still haven't proven the model. They haven't proven the process. They haven't solidified it. And they're like, then they start looking for loans and things and they, they'll go to banks. And the banks are like, well, you don't have a business plan. You don't have a business model. That's really dangerous money for us. But yeah, you yeah, I mean, you did the, perfect business i mean i don't need to tell you you know you did the perfect business thing hey do i have enough of what it takes to get going do i have the plan do i have the process and you had already mm -hmm. done it before you knew the operations you you have good business sense. it was like a perfect fit but yeah. walk us through a little bit of the decision launching during COVID, because that's a tough time to start a business it is um and and you nailed it um a second ago john when when you know I say this all the time and, and clients probably get tired of me saying it, but like we have, we have to hope for the best, but let's be prepared for the worst. That's the, uh, you've heard that a million times we all have, but I constantly remind myself of that. It's like, what if this first year, you know, we don't make any money. What if, right. you know, what if we break even, what if we have a small profit? What if we hit it out of the park? You know, we want to run through all those scenarios just so we know, you know, there's no surprises, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good scenario so, analysis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so launching towards the end of last year, uh, you know, with COVID, I, I, it was probably one of the best things that happened. Me and Melanie are best friends. Um, we get along. That's the beauty of, of marriage is you get to hang out with your best friend every day. Um, but I guess what, what I learned um, was just, you can't put a price on it because I got, you know, we had that initial lockdown. I think it was March 22nd. Um, and from there I stayed home for what, a month straight. And, and I got to see how hard it is with three kids at home by yourself. And I wanted to go scream in the closet every once in a while. Um, you know, and again, 
uh, I, like I came home one time and Melanie was crying and she's like, I'm just overwhelmed. And what, what I was doing before is I would leave because I would have a commute in far North Dallas. Right. And so I'd leave at five in the morning. So I'd wake up and, and jet before anyone woke up in our house. And I'd get home, at, you know, because I was in far north Dallas at 637. The twins, the bash bros go down at eight. Um, and so in, 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 in my mind, my perspective is like, you know, I'm working hard. You know, I'm collecting a paycheck. So I was justifying being away. Um, but COVID realized like, okay, I need to, this is a team, this is a team sport when you have kids, like I need to be home helping out as well. And, and that really was kind of the thing that pushed me over the edge is if I start a company, I can work from home, I can work from the office, I can create my own schedule, make my own availability. Um, and so that work-life balance uh, that I, I guess really hit home during COVID is really what helped me get over the hump and, and actually launch the business. So, um, I mean, the only other thing that really, you know, a few years ago, I would have never even thought this was possible as a financial advisor to start his own company. Um, I was listening to a podcast. It was the XY Planning Network. Um, and <clears throat> it's, it's like four financial advisors, it's best practices and tips, but they went over an episode of launching your own business and how they help with the compliance side of things. Because what I think of is I need to hire attorneys and, um, you know, CPAs, whoever, just to get on my team, which is going to cost a lot of money in order to launch a firm. They actually handle all the compliance on the back end for me. I mean, it's there's a monthly fee. Well, you know, a few hundred bucks a month. Nothing's free, but it's way more efficient, potentially. Exactly. 100%. And, and once I realized that this is possible, it made that decision so much easier. So it was, you know, I can't say like that I knew, but the pieces were just coming together. The stars were kind of aligning. I was like, okay, they'll handle the compliance. COVID has really taught me that I need to be there and, and with the family. So I was like, let's just go for it. And, and I'd been doing a lot of networking, building relationships here in the community um, with the, the Rockwall Chamber and young professionals and um, the Rockwall Veterans uh, Business Alliance and growth groups. Um, and, and so it was, I was like, just go for it, man. Just go. You had all the pieces in place. I mean, I think for the first year, that's one of the hardest parts is kind of getting the word out, getting the name out there, for lack of a better term, shaking hands. You've been yeah. doing that for several years. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got the data that I need. People kind of know who I am. I've already got a little bit of a test base saying, hey, if I switch over, if I start my own business, would you guys follow me? And that obviously gives you a good jump start. But yeah, yeah. so you, you this was kind of, in a funny way, years in the making, not, I wouldn't call it an inevitable, an, an inevitable right. conclusion or an inevitable ending, but it makes, it makes all the sense of the world. Yeah. I mean, you, you nailed it. I mean, cause at the end of the day, I always try to create goals that are almost scare me a little bit, you know, they need um, to, you know, just big goals. And, and um, uh, I knew I wanted to, Yes, there's situations where you don't need to start your own business, but I knew with kind of the goals I had in mind, I was like, just start your business now. Don't wait till you're, you know, 50 years old, which 
there's never a bad time, I guess, to, to do it. But I was like, better now than, than waiting another four or five years. And that comes down to knowing what you want too. Because again, back to your whole point about the stars aligning, if it doesn't align with what you want and need, it's probably not the right time. However, yeah. when everything aligns, you you have the checklist kind of going, hey, in order for me to successfully launch and sustain a small business, we need to have all this, all this, all these check boxes checked off with the check mark and all the next. Yeah, yeah. And, and when that happens, it, it can be scary for sure. But when it happens and you know it's what you want, sometimes you just got to pull the trigger and make it happen. Yeah, I, 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 I there's this YouTube video. I don't recall the name of it, but it, it always talks about you know when you get to the gates of heaven, right? It's God's given you all these gifts, these skills, these talents, and and how terrible would that be if he's like you didn't utilize any of them you know um and so it's basically just we're going to be given these opportunities and i just don't want to miss them um and i certainly don't want to ignore them um (laughs) you know so that 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 plays into it as well Well, Um, again it's knowing why you exist and you know your purpose because at some point we're all going to die and exactly. as, you know, we both shared our faith with each other and with other people, obviously, <laughs> when we're called home, when we go to heaven, yeah, there is going to be a little bit of, hey, I gave you X, Y, Z. What did you do with it? Right. Neither of us really want to go fall flat on our face. Go, you know what? I really didn't do anything. That's not going to yeah. be uh, not going to be the right reply. So knowing the vision for your life, knowing what you want to, to want to achieve and then getting the plan together to execute it. Then so the business, again, this is the this is another great indication that you've got a great business. It's a platform to achieve a higher calling. When people yeah. start a business as the end goal, it's typically all about money. Not to say that there's anything wrong with money, but it's a shallow right. vision. Money makes a great reward, but it's a very poor purpose. And so the people that are passionate using the business as a platform tend to do very well. Whereas those starting a business as the end all be all, it tends to struggle. Yeah, I, you, 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 John. That's you, you nailed it on the head. And and yes, we all want better lives for sure. our families. And um, but yeah, it, and and we're all guilty of it. Um, but if you know, sometimes you know, in order to accomplish those things, it takes money. So sometimes we'll get fixed on money. And I'm like, hey, Gerald, bring yourself back. Like this is to yes, yeah, serve serve the Lord, but you know, money is what comes with it. At the end of the day, it's not our money. It's his money. We just have to be good stewards of it. So it's, it's you know, going out there and working hard um, and, and good things are going to happen. With, I think with you, when you have the right intentions. Hard work and prayer go a long way. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think you mentioned, you mentioned a 100%. point when you mentioned being good stewardship over money, I think that's a perfect transition. Tell us in a little more detail about what you do specifically, what you like yeah. to focus on, and maybe even some misconceptions about what you do. Yeah. So, um, so the, unfortunately, you know, there's, as a financial advisor, there, there are a lot of bad, I guess, stigmas or, or whatever you say about financial advisors in general, other salesmen, but, um, but with Rockwell Wealth Advisors, what we focus on is investment management um, and financial planning. And so it is anything on the investment management. It could be, you know, John, you, you got let go or started a new job and let's roll your old 401k over or you got an inheritance or you got a divorce. Or, you know, things happen that are life changing. A loved one dies. Um, you get it. 
uh, you have to deal with estate issues or you know tax optimization whatever planning for a, a child's education um, retirement planning you name it but really with the investment management we just want to create a customized portfolio to for for john beeman right we don't believe in a one size fits all just because you're this old you know this many years old that this is where you belong we want to do something that is customized to to the individual um so we'll build a custom portfolio with the investments to accomplish you know how are we going to get from point a to b um and then with financial planning it's it's it includes everything under the sun um you know a client came in yesterday and she just wants to make sure her um, kids are protected if something were to happen to her tomorrow you know and so um, that's her main priority so that's what we're going to focus on first right um, and so uh, one of the things that I think sets us apart is, is with our investment strategy is we do uh, kind of your core assets but we also uh, a little unique we combine active strategy and then kind of a diversifying strategy so that it, they're designed to capture the growth in any and all market types, right? We don't need necessarily a, a great bull market to get a, a, a right. good rate of return. The market could be going sideways or downwards, and we're still going to capitalize on whatever the market's doing. Um, and then uh, secondly is we're a fiduciary, so we don't sell products whatsoever. We don't sell annuities. We don't sell um, insurance policies. What we do, since we don't have any proprietary funds, we're independent, we're fee-based only, we don't have shareholders to to please, you know, on end of quarter calls, um, as we put the best option out in front of the client and say, look, this is what we would do if we were in your shoes. Um, you can actually take this, you know, I'd say it's the answers to the test and implement it on your own, or you can pay us a fee to implement it for you alongside with you. So it really puts us on the same side of the table as the client instead of a transaction, which is, hey, you need this annuity or this mutual fund, pay me and, and I'll get you in there, right? It's not commission-based. It's a very niche market. You're not going for the the mass McDonald's route, so to speak, where it's right. hey, just, we can make this work as long as we get a ton of volume. It's a very right. niche focus. It's very relationship based. And again, that comes down to knowing your perfect client so well that you also know before you even meet them, you're the perfect advisor for them. Right, right. I mean, now with technology, um, I've had many clients say, look, you know, traditionally, you know, when I started, it was someone would be interviewing so many advisors and you know you hope that you stood out you know above the other advisors and now advisors i mean clients will call and they're like i'm ready to work with you and i'm like you don't even know me and they're like well with technology you know facebook and instagram or instagram uh, linkedin snapchat snapchat your website they're like you know they're like i've already i've been following you for for months um i'm ready to i'm ready to go i'm ready to pull the trigger and so that makes it's very rewarding when that happens, but yeah, people with technology, they're, they're being proactive when they're searching for a, a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. And I think that brings up another really good point of being a, a good small business owner. You're not thinking in silos. You're thinking it holistically because when you bring up, you know, people calling you at random, you're like, I've never, I don't know you. I've never met you. You're communicating with them and building a, a relationship, but you're doing it digitally. You're yeah. not doing it in person. Yes, you still have your in-person relationship building, but you're able to take those same concepts, strategies, tactics, so on and so forth, 
and apply them in the digital setting, which allows you to scale your business way easier, way more yeah. efficiently. And it gives you that 24 seven advantage too. I mean, cause you can schedule Facebook posts, you can schedule email campaigns. You can have a go off at midnight when you're sleeping. I mean, hypothetically, yeah. again, having that knowing, knowing your target market, knowing how you communicate with them, how you foster and deepen that relationship with them to a point where it's like, yeah, I'm randomly call, randomly calling you. I'm ready to do business. <laughs> A perfect uh, example of really understanding the customer's journey to the purchase decision. Then obviously there's another strategy to keep them coming back, to keep them in that loyalty phase. But that's, again, another really important part of business that a lot of small business owners get wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you want to have a, a plan A, a plan B, a plan C um, in place. Be, you know, I say there's there's no bad time to start, but you have to be responsible and be prepared. Um, For, and so you have yeah, to be real. You have to be real. <laughs> you have to have capital. And, and I mean, there's just things that are necessary to be in place. But once you have those, just pull the trigger and go. Um, and so, but yeah, it's, so there, there are some basic steps to launching that firm. Because like you said, I, I don't know the stat, but me and you have talked before. It's how many of those firms uh, fell in the first year. And a lot of times it could have been avoided. Sadly. And that's, you know, talk about avoidable, the top three re reasons, and this is according to a U.S. Chamber of Commerce study, the top yeah. three reasons a business goes under, it's lack of capital, mm -hmm. poor planning, and bad management. All yeah. three of those are preventable. Yeah. But again, you don't know what you don't know, which is goes back to the whole concept. Surround yourself with good people. Surround yourself with people who know more than you do. Obviously, it's uh, going to be peers, but you get with people who have different strengths and different skill sets. So you don't see life in just one silo. 100%. It's funny. I, I have no clue who, who said this, um, but one of these, you know, Fortune 500 CEOs was asked, you know, so, so. I forget what the question even was, but he says, you know what the, the secret to my success is? He goes, I always want to be the dumbest person in the room when my team's in there. He's like, he goes, I surround myself with people that are smarter than me. He goes, I'm a great delegator. Um, I'm not a control freak. And, and he said, that was a secret. I want to be the dumbest person in the room when it comes to, to my employees or my team. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> when you build a team, that's the exact kind of team you want. Because it, yeah. you know, apply even like something like football, Bill Belichick doesn't want to surround himself with people who are as athletic as he is. He wants to surround himself with people that are premier top of the line, top of their game. And that's yes. how you have, again, a winning team. Yes. And he doesn't fall in love with someone just because he likes them. He's like, hey, this guy can play. He's better than this guy. So, so I'm going to give him the spot, right? Instead of... You'll see some owners or coaches, they fall in love with a big name because he can sell a jersey or put some seats in the, uh, put some butts in the seats. But others are like, hey, this guy, this guy deserves to be on the field over that guy. So it's, you know, just go with the flow, put the best, best man in. And I think that's a really good point too for the small business <laughs> owner, making decisions based on fact, not emotion. It can be really tough because starting your yeah. own business, it can get emotional. You can get very sentimental about it. It's like your baby, yeah. but yeah. you have to, all the decisions that you make need to be data-driven. They need to be fact-based. And I guess that's where I kind of ask you with your profession, 
Um, just to, we don't have to talk, you know, half hour, but a little bit of insight here would be awesome because you obviously help small business owners, you know, manage assets and investments. How do you kind of help them avoid making decisions emotionally versus fact-based? Uh, I mean, with any, with any individual, whether it be an individual or a business owner, the main thing is just having a, a human conversation, right? And people don't typically wake up and say, you know what I want to do today? I want to talk to a financial advisor. Usually there's something that's triggering that, that phone call um, or email or whatever it is. And so it's usually there's something on their mind. A lot of people are very, um, I guess they don't, they know they have a problem, but they don't want to say it. Their pride gets in the way, whatever the case is. And so it's really just having that conversation and figure out, okay, what, what's really driving this conversation? What's, is it fear? Is it, you know, you're scared of something or a major change happens? So I think it's once I find out what their pain points are, what, what's really driving uh, their decision to speak to me, then it makes it so much easier. So a lot of individ, uh, individuals I speak to, they're wanting to start a business and they, they almost want uh, me to give them the green light. And, and at the end of the day, I'm, you know, some people aren't, they're just not cut out to be business owners. They're, they think they are, but, you know, they, they, they just don't have it, right? Um, and, and I don't even know what it is. Um, and others, you know, um, they, they are set out to be business owners. So I think that's probably the first and foremost, like, do you have what it takes to, to be successful? Like, there's that one video um again i'm I, I i'm terrible at these things but remembering where it came from but he's like you have to want to succeed more than you want to breathe it's yep. it's a famous video and you know if, if you'd rather sleep and you know play video games then, then you're probably not going to be successful or if you are it's going to take a lot of time and so it's you just have to have that you know right there in your gut so but as far as the the best you know, the advice, the main thing, and again, I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for, but um, it's capital. It is capital. Um, you could have these big dreams, but if you don't have the capital or backing for it, then, you know, there's not really a starting place for you. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we call our podcast Real Small Business, because it's yeah. you, you have to be real. I mean, it's very easy to get caught up in the dream of it, the vision. Those are all very good and important things to a business, yeah. but you have to be able to look in the mirror and say, is this financially viable? Do we have enough cash to keep it afloat? Because again, statistics show it takes 12 to 24 months to hit profitability. If you don't have cash to go that long, do you have alternative sources that you can lock in? Not maybe, or they'll probably help. That's not an answer. You need to know right. definitively yes or no if you have it. If you don't, there's no harm in waiting. Keep developing the idea. Maybe if you can't find a way to test it, but wait until you have the capital built up to sustain it. Because those first first year, maybe two, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. Getting it going is not easy. Yeah. And and and, and luckily, there are, you know, businesses or nonprofits like the McGraw Council that you are a resource for these small businesses. You do have uh, ways to provide capital. You you have answers for them. But if, if if they're not prepared, they don't even know you exist, right? Um, they they don't they haven't done their homework. They don't know 
the ins and outs of really being a business owner. They just like the idea of it. And then at that part, you know, the harsh reality is, as you know, with both of us, sometimes we have to tell people things they don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah. But the harsh reality, the harsh reality is, you know, the, they only have themselves to blame. Um, you bring so up. That's. <laughs> Go ahead, please. No, I was just saying that. That's you know, that's the unfortunate side of it. Is you know, you want this or you think you want it, but you, you didn't do your homework. You got to study so you can pass the test. <laughs> it's so true. Know what you're getting into because very uh, there are a lot of small business owners who start, and sadly, this is a group that tends to fail. They think, "Hey, I'm I've been doing HVAC for 20 years. I'm primed to start my own HVAC company." Well, you you know HVAC, which is really good. You might even have a a, a really good understanding of the operations, which is also really good. Yeah. But that's not your sole focus as a business owner. You're thinking finance, you're thinking planning, you're thinking HR, you're thinking cash flow, you're thinking operations. I mean, the compliance, legal protection, the list goes on and on and on. And yes, that is a very, very fun and cool thing. But if you're not willing to think in all of those different areas, one of those gut check questions, then small business owner might not be the road you want to go down on. Um, now, yeah. you, you can't pursue it, but realize it's probably going to be more of a gig than a business, which again, comes back to knowing what you want, what you're trying to achieve, have that crystal clear vision in mind. And then you can ask yourself, does taking this action move me towards that vision? If the answer is yes, all right, that's a great, let's keep going. If the answer yeah. is no, pull the reins back and realize now might not be the right time. We had one, we were talking to one uh, potential member. He was like, yeah, you know, to your point about being honest, he was like, yeah, you know, I would love to improve my business. I don't really want to grow though. I don't want to hire any, you know, any additional employees. And we're like, we're probably not the right group for you then because we're kind of deliberate and intentional with that stuff. But again, yeah. <laughs> it goes back to knowing yourself, knowing your business, and also knowing your clients and prospective clients who you work with best. Because if it doesn't mesh and you're not being honest about it, you you might be able to pick up one or two big fish, but it'll come back to bite you. And it can bite you really hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, and if, if, if it's not a good fit, uh, it's perfectly fine. If, if exactly. it's not, I mean, there's, there is plenty of business to go around for everyone. There's plenty of roles out there for anyone and everyone. And if it's, even if it's not a great fit now for you, it could be a great fit down the road and, um, for any business owner. So. And being yeah. <laughs> honest in the situation will build your brand. It will help you stay focused and true to your vision. And so when the right mm -hmm. match comes along, it's funny how it works. Most of the time they end up coming back to you and they're like, you know, I think now's a good time. I trusted you then. You told me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted. Let's go forward. Or it's even better. Yeah. Hey, I met a couple of people. You need to talk to all of them. Perfect. Yeah. But being honest, again, it might be a short-term perceived loss but it's investing in yourself and your brand and looking to do good for others. And that always comes back around every single yeah. time. Yeah. So you know. as a small business owner, we're going to, like I said, real small business, we're going to get real as a yeah. small business owner. What are some of the highs and lows that new and even existing small business owners should, should anticipate? I mean, we've had people talk about, you know, they were like borderline depression or even, in like full-blown depression, we've had people like, yeah, but the highs are you have a day and you've got to do everything that you love. I mean, literally from family to personal, to all the way down the list. What are some of the highs and lows? So I, I think the highs, um, it, it's it's so much more rewarding, right? Um, it, helping a client. I mean, my goal personally is to help a million people 
you know, from now until the time I, I hit my grave. And I hope that that goal gets bigger. But the, the high is like truly being able to help someone. And you know that it was you. And again, that, not to sound like pride, too prideful, but it was you and your decisions leading up to, to put yourself in that position that helped them. A healthy and, pride. Right. The, the healthy pride. And, and also, um, you know, it, it's more reward for me. You know, in my previous roles, I was like what you call the hunter. You know, I'd go out and find the new assets. Um, and, and then once I got them on board, then I'd go keep hunting and they'd pass that client along. Now I get to create lifelong relationship with these people. You know, they're my client day one until, you know, they pass away or I pass away, you know. Um, right. and, and so that part is awesome. Uh, I, and that's an obvious con. I mean, a pro. The cons are it can get lonely. Um, you know, I've tried to position myself where I, you know, uh, just recently me and Darby, I had a meeting and I, I got the office at the Chamber of Commerce. That's that's where I'm at right now. Um, but before that, you know, I, I was at a co-create space uh, there in Heath. But there was days where it just gets lonely. You're like, you know, I don't, you know, you have to surround yourself with a community of like-minded individuals or, um, you know, like there's advisor uh growth groups, you know, where it's just advisors that are in similar stages you are. Um, and you grow together, you help each other grow together. So if you are like, man, I just got told no twice or no one's picking up the phone or my meeting went terrible. That's a very low spot. You know, I had a client um, call me and say they went a different direction. And, you know, it, I was like, I was just bummed because it was a big, it was a big client and I didn't have anyone to you know, talk to, right? Right. Um, so I guess the, the be prepared. It can be a lonely island unless, again, you kind of do your homework and put yourself in a position where it won't be lonely. And that's like, yep. yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that's one of the most common things that we hear. It's like, there's a, and ironically, you're right in that position at six to 18 months where it's like when yeah. something goes not according to plan, it can be really really lonely and that's yeah. a lot of people even feel like that not only am i lonely now i feel like i'm the only one in the world having this problem yeah i mean the bad news is it's tough hanging in there the good news is you're not alone in actuality i mean if we're being real there are a lot of people in that exact same spot and to your point build up a team we're not meant to go through life alone surround mm -hmm. yourself with good people because you'll help people when they're struggling they'll help you when you're struggling yeah what's, what's the biblical analogy a cord of three strands not easily broken yeah yeah it's true it's all true i mean it, we are we are designed to build community together so yeah when, when you go out as a solo entrepreneur business owner i mean that that's real loneliness is real um so it, not to mention we just we're still i guess considered in a pandemic lockdown shutdown like you said there's some states that you know, they can't even go to a restaurant to get a bite to eat just right. to clear their head. They're stuck in a house. Um, and so not to mention, you throw that on top of it right now and it can, it, it, you know, multiply that loneliness. <laughs> it, it, it sure doesn't help. And again, back to the point, when you find the right group of people, you have that good team around you, you get through just fine and you come out even stronger on the other side.
Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and, and being here at the chamber um, and even at co-create, there was always the faces and bodies there. Like, you know, Sean and Darby and uh, Jared, I mean, all of them here are just fantastic. Um, and, you know, there's oftentimes meetings in, in the conference room over there and I can just go poke in and get my mind off something or, or celebrate together. So it's, you know, it, you know, I want to say everyone has the opportunity to, to work at the chamber, but um, there's there's other things that you can do to surround yourself with with like-minded people. So, and it's imperative to find those opportunities. Yeah. So then, this is my favorite part of the podcast. We got about ten minutes left. Yeah. Given your experiences in life and business, what are three tips that you would give to small business owners that they should really start doing if they're not already doing it? So you have to, you have to have a thick skin, first and foremost, it is, you have to embrace the struggle, or, or maybe a better way of saying it is appreciate the grind. It is a grind. If you don't like sweating and getting dirty, then again, it's probably not for you. Um, it, you, you there's going to be failure. There's going to be rejection. There's going to be setbacks. You have to have that mindset that says you have to bring it on. It's gonna happen, and you gotta. You literally have to sell yourself that nothing will stop me. Nothing will get in my way. You have to have, like I have a what? It's my my why or the who picture. Yep. It's my family, literally right here. And so it's like when you want to stop, or you're like, man, I could just go home. I am a business owner, you know. Um, I can leave right now. You're like, no. That you have to remember why you're doing this, and that actually helps you appreciate that grind um, or appreciate the struggle. So, find some type of joy in it, make contests with yourself. Like, um, it sounds silly, but if I'm hungry, you know, sometimes they'll say, You know, I'm not going to go eat until I make 10 more phone calls or send 10 more emails. Like, get hold yourself accountable um, yep. in some form or fashion, or you know, call John Beeman and, and hope, you know, have an accountability partner. So I guess that's kind of one. Um, the, the second one, um, we've talked about it a little bit. It's just start. There, there's, there's no good time. Um, you know, again, be responsible. But, you know, I, I probably could have done this earlier. Um, but now that I've, I've made the jump, it's not so bad. And you just have to get out there and go for it. You know, have those goals. Um, make big goals that are, you know, scary. And you're like, wow, that I don't know if that's ever going to happen. It's just me. I'm, you know, this kid from, from Mesquite, you know, like how am I ever going to do that? But you have to create those goals that are like, wow, um, to give you something to constantly work for. Um, and then we've talked about this one too a little bit, but you have to be an expert in whatever you, oh, yeah. whatever it is, your niche or your business. Um, if, if you're not the expert, then you can't really expect people to choose you over your competition. You at least have to bring, um, you know, the minimal requirements to the table in order to expect business because if if you're not continuously i'm doing um continued education or keeping up with the latest technology 
um, reading, you know, or, or, you know, just studying for me, you know, this is one part I actually hate, but it's, you know, studying the new tax changes um, that the administrator, the the new administration is proposing. And I have to keep up with all that or else I'm not going to be the expert. Um, And if you don't at least have a team surrounding you, that is the expert. So you don't have to know everything, but you do have to have those strategic business partners in place. And it comes back to, you know, differentiating yourself from the competition, because yes, we are, if you're running your business well, you're going to be very, very unique. And there's going to be at least, you know, one factor that kind of differentiates you. But like to your point about, you know, minimal qualifications, it it should be a given when you start a business, you are the expert when you're starting, whether it be HVAC, financial advising, web design, marketing, um, what have you, banking, it, it could be anything. If you're not an expert and you can't go into any room and know as much, if not more than anyone else in the room, take a deep breath again. It might not be the right time to start a business. But if you do yeah. bring that knowledge, that's okay, it's one of those check marks again. Yeah, that, that harsh reality is, you know, you can only blame yourself if you weren't prepared going into you know, it's like saying, coach, put me in the game and you don't know the playbook, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, coach, but I want to go in. Yeah, you might want to go in. I like golfing, but I suck at it, right? <laughs> um, and so you just have to be aware. So I guess, yeah, the, the, those three things, um, and, and there's so many, probably more I could think of, but um, app- find joy in the struggle or th- appreciate that grind. Um, just, just start. And then third is, you know, be the expert or surround yourself with the experts. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that, that's it, man. I cannot thank you enough, Jared, for the, for those insights, for making time out of your day on uh, join us. Thank you so much. It was, it's all really applicable stuff. I mean, hearing the journey is always fun, but then being able to condense it down to like, you know, here's what to do. It's, it's, it makes it a lot, a lot of fun. So thank you very much. Yeah, well, you're bringing people down to reality. Um, being a business owner, it's not all you know rainbows and and and, and flowers, right? It, you're going to get dirty. Be prepared. Um, if you want it bad enough, then you're going to do whatever it takes. And um, so, it, you're setting reasonable expectations for for everyone out there, and and you're also a resource to hold their hand and you know get them from point A to B as well. So. Thank you as well for for having me on, and thank you for all that you do. It's oh. absolutely been a pleasure. Likewise, likewise. You stay safe, stay blessed, and we'll talk again soon. Hey, thank you so much. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye.